Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So thankful that you're with me. Let's dive in. I grew up as a little boy, uh, the son of an army officer, and my father's main job was to fight the Cold War for America. That's why we lived in Berlin. That's why my father was a Russian linguist trained by the army. That's why we lived another tour of duty in uh, Germany in what's called the, what was called the Zone in Schweinfurt. That was my father's whole job. He fought in Vietnam. He served in Iran. He served in Korea. Um, he was the G2, the senior army intelligence officer in Berlin uh, in the early 70s. And so my whole orientation was Cold War. I was very grateful then when the wall came down and it seemed that we were heading towards a post-Cold War world. Well, now I can tell you, uh, and this is certainly not my view alone, many, many experts are concluding this, and I am not an expert, but we are heading into a new Cold War. And again, it involves the Russians. Uh, You may be aware that an organization has been formed called the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, SCO. It is a partnership of sorts between Russia and China, Putin and Xi. Xi, it's probably the right way to pronounce it. And this is a new alignment. Ronald Reagan would have called it an access of evil. (laughs) This is an evil empire on the rise. And uh, other nations are being allied. They are uh, cooperating with each other. China is supporting Russia with weapons and funds and other intelligence and technology and the war on Ukraine, an aggressive war, um, an invasion really unjustified by any standard of a just war theory, which, of course, Russia doesn't subscribe to. And so now they are forming not just a military partnership, but an economic block, B-L-O-C, an economic uh, organization. And let me tell you who's already part of the SCO, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Saudi Arabia, China, India, Iran, think about those nations, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. Now, a lot of those aren't very surprising because they're former former Soviet bloc republics or countries. But let me tell you also uh, who is in dialogue with this SCO. Not members yet, but in dialogue. Armenia, Azerbaijan, Cambodia, Egypt, Nepal, Qatar, Sri Lanka, and Turkey. Turkey has the fourth largest military in the world. Now, I want to suggest... Uh, I'm returning to a theme I've touched on before. I want to suggest that this is largely happening because of the projection of U.S. weakness abroad. I don't believe we're actually weak, and I believe that these nations, this block, messes with the United States at its peril. They may have more of some weapon systems. They may have enough troops to march people uh, into a foreign country for a year straight, but they are not as powerful as we are. Nevertheless, We project weakness in the world, and I have to say this has largely been the doing of Joseph Biden. I'm sorry to say it. I don't like to be highly partisan, especially in times of war, but it is stunning. For example, 
Mr. Biden is not going to attend King Charles III of England, his coronation. Now, he's going to send his wife. This is the king, the coronation of the king of one of the most powerful of our allies, one of our most important allies in the world. And yet he's not going to attend which is okay, by the way. Uh, General Eisenhower did not attend Queen Elizabeth's coronation, and there's there is some or some ways to justify that. There's some reasons that might be legitimate, but Joseph Biden is sending his wife. Dwight Eisenhower sent General George C. Marshall, General Omar Bradley, Earl Warren, future Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, and Fleur Cowles all of them with special ambassador rank, two of them esteemed and beloved generals, given that the coronation of Queen Elizabeth uh, came less than a decade after World War II. So while Eisenhower didn't attend himself, again, that's fine, he sent people of heft and rank, two of whom at least at that time were global heroes and extremely high-ranking men with the status of special ambassador. Joseph Biden is sending his wife. We project weakness all the time. Joseph Biden, and I'm not being ageist, is almost the embodiment of weakness as far as how he's perceived internationally. It is amazing that just after Joe Biden visited Saudi Arabia, fist-butted the crown prince, projected weakness, made speeches that in some cases didn't make any sense. We won't even talk about Kamala Harris and whether she's making any sense in her speeches. Just go on YouTube. This is a woman who is barely intelligible. I'm sorry to say it. I really am. I, I want to believe better of all of these people. But we are projecting weakness all the time. It's not just Biden's age. It's the fact that he's disconnected from the facts. It's the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's the fact that he and Vice President Harris, just often their speeches are almost unintelligible. And I'm not, by the way, talking about Joseph Biden's stuttering problem. Uh, I would never pick on anyone about a stutter. I have friends, dear friends, who are who battle stuttering, and I would not pick on them. I'm talking about the t- projection of policy. I'm talking about the personal manner. I'm talking about uh, just the projection of weakness when we are, in fact, not a weak country. But the most important thing we did projecting internationally, and I've heard about this repeatedly when I've been sitting with government leaders overseas and uh, at the conference table of a prime minister or a president, um, the most important thing we did was the way we left Afghanistan. Now, just recently, the secretary of the army said that he's not bothered by the way we left Afghanistan. It was a disaster. The secretary of defense, by the way, said the same thing. It was a disaster. Joe Biden wanted to hit a symbolic date of September 11th. So he rushed our exit from Afghanistan. We blew it. We cost American lives. We cost lives on the ground. Now Afghanistan is returning to a disaster, an extremist, terrorist, jihadist disaster. People are dying. Women are being oppressed. And again, the Afghanistan is being militarized. It's tragic. And this is what happens. If you go through the world projecting strength, you aren't going to have to fight very much uh, because people will think that fighting you will be expensive. They'll have respect for you, even if they're not, even if they're your enemies. But if you project weakness, people will begin to fill the perceived vacuum. And that's what's going on in the world. We are in peril right now. 
there is a largely Eastern, Sino, meaning Russian, Chinese, Russian-Chinese axis partnership that other nations are joining, nations that should be our allies, like India, like Turkey, uh, like Egypt, other nations that should be our allies. They are not going to use the dollar within this block. They've already agreed to use uh, the ruble. They are simply aligning to partition the world like it was during the Cold War between East and West, between essentially the United States and the Soviet uh, the Russia and its partners. And largely, not exclusively, but largely this is because the Joseph Biden administration projects weakness at every term. It is more concerned with speaking of uh, trans culture as the soul of America, that's a quote, uh, than it is with dealing firmly with terrorist states. And as large as, as long as that goes on, the U.S. and its allies are in peril. Yes, we need a new president. Yes, we need a new approach to foreign policy. We need somebody who understands the world does not just want to retreat from it. And we better get after it soon. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, and senior fellow for public leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.